Good morning, Kat. How are you? Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm so glad we got a chance to connect. I know, definitely. So what's exciting this Saturday morning? What what do you have on your plate other than this exciting uh you know <laughs> podcast? Oh, absolutely nothing. So uh <laughs> nice. I, I that's that's fantastic. No, I love that. A whole Saturday open. I know. You know, for I adventure. Really don't know what to do with myself so I I uh, I finished my my most recent novella actually I sent it off to my editor yesterday so uh, I'm not sure if I want to you know give myself a break or if I want to dive right into the next project is that the the cupcake one that I yes. saw you on uh, your yeah, Instagram on page Instagram. nice yeah. okay cool cool well that's that's really great that's it's always such a good feeling when you finish a book like when you know it's finished like okay here it's done you know and then you send it out to the world and then it kind of lives on its own you know mm -hmm. like yeah it's it's amazing how quickly we we shift to like okay that's done so what's next you mm -hmm. know yeah mm -hmm. um not to get too too much into the questions because i've got i've got some fun questions for you but um do you find when you're writing, you hit a wall like like where you're you're done with the story? Like, okay, I'm I've told the story enough. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to move on. Do you ever hit that wall? I do actually, because I am such perfectionist, and I feel like that if I don't stop, I'm gonna keep editing. I'm gonna keep fixing. I'm gonna keep wanting to change. Okay. So I have to. Yeah. And it's it's one of the reasons why I've actually deferred a lot of, uh, you know, like pulling teaser quotes and you know, uh, pulling little short passages to my PA because I couldn't do it. You know, I would go back to like book one and I would start flipping through passages. Oh, I like this and like this is really nice. And I'm like, oh. Oh no, no, no! This, this, I don't, I don't like the way it sounds, and you know, this could be so much better. And you know, what, what was I thinking? You know, <laughs> not this is not great. And I would get so far into my own head that it actually it gave me horrendous writer's block, like to the point oh. where, like a period of a couple months where I swear I wrote like four words. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so I mean, I was I, I, I had to stop. I want to talk more about that perfectionism um if that's okay like when we when we get going because i think that's fascinating because uh, other writers i've talked to kind of struggle with some of those similar issues so i oh, yes, absolutely yeah okay cool all right well if you're ready i'll do my um intro and then we will just get right into it yes yes of course i'm in the process of trying to reset my computer so my little yeah i can wait if you want i can oh, like my backlog might yeah. try to pop back on i'm sorry no it's okay Jeez. I'm glad that started before anything else dramatic decided to happen. I, I would have cut it all out. It's okay. Oh, okay. I, have to, I, mean, <laughs> I can, I can edit. No, I, yeah, Jeez. it's oh. fine. It's fine. <laughs> just relax. We're all good. We're just going to have fun. We're going to have a nice conversation. We're just, I'm super casual. Nothing to worry about. Just, if you couldn't tell by my backdrop, you know, I'm just, mm -hmm. we're just relaxing. It's all good. So I've got a fan too. You just, you know, can't see it. Oh, all right. Well, I'll do my thing and we'll get going. All right. That sounds perfect. All right. Hey, everyone. And welcome back to Between the Lines. Today, we've got a romance writer, Kat Long. Um, Kat, welcome to Between the Lines. 
Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I'm very excited to be here this morning. Good. I'm excited to have you on. Um, you know, this is exciting for for me because I think I think you are the first like true romance writer I've had on the show. Um, I've had people kind of work romance in with other genres, but not mm -hmm. just pure romance. So I'm I'm excited to hear all about the romance writing um, aspect from from a writer's point of view. So mm -hmm. uh, I like to start with kind of broad questions and just kind of general things. Um, who are some of your favorite writers? Well, let's see. I think this really all started with uh, with me just kind of scrolling through Facebook and I saw an ad for a romance author named uh, Lauren Landish. And that was my first kind of jump into the romance author world. Now I was 100% completely ignorant. Like my, my idea of a romance book was, you know, 80s Fabio with like the hair and yeah. the dresses, like the laying over the stone with, you know, like the fancy schmancy, like Victorian, Victorian air, like, you know, you open up your mother's, you know, like bedside table and oh, like I'm supposed to see this, but I'm not supposed to see this right. kind of thing. So that, yeah. that, was, that was my, that was my first, uh, first like baby toe into the romance world. And the from bodice there, rippers. You know, Yes, you know? the yeah, a lot of, lot of corsets and, um, you know, yeah, guys like they, with puffy shirts kind of ripped halfway off, yeah, you know, like the, the heaving, the heaving bosoms and like the throbbing <laughs> members and like the, the all of all of that nonsense. But, right. Um, yeah, we, I, I understand completely. Yes. So from um, from Lauren Landis, I went to uh, to Nicole Snow and Claire Kingsley and uh, let me see, Lucy Score and A.M. Johnson, there are just, there are so many fantastic romance authors out there. And all of these are indie romance authors, which means they are self-published. So, you know, they did it all themselves, which yeah. is just, it's, it's amazing to think that not only did they, they write everything, but they also published it all themselves without doing traditional publishing, without, yes. you know, uh, sending it off to a thousand different publishers in the hopes that one of them might pick up the book you know they just right. decided to, to take it take it on themselves and to just put it out there for the world to see yeah know, and then they're gonna have their their editorial team rip at the pieces and then they're gonna put oh the cover God. that they want on it and they're gonna market it how they want it and exactly. right yeah kdp has mm -hmm. been a disruptor you know love or hate mm -hmm. amazon uh, they mm -hmm. they have allowed writers to get their work out there so yes. you know i'm a fan 100 percent um mm -hmm. no that's awesome i i love that that true indie writing spirit and mm -hmm. um you know because for a long time i think the writing has been romanticized you know only certain people can do it and mm -hmm. it's like no no everyone can tell a story when we tell stories mm -hmm. from childhood we make up stuff you know and 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 um it does take work obviously but it's kind of nice that everyone has an opportunity to put their stuff out there, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And without, without Amazon and you're, you're right, love it or hate it. And you love stuff about Amazon and then you despise stuff about Amazon. I mean, that just, <laughs> that just goes without saying for, for everybody, but with, without them, I mean, authors like, like me, truly, we would mm -hmm. not, we wouldn't have a chance because I can, I can tell you that I would not have the, the mental capacity, the time, the energy to, to, put my work out there to send it to traditional publishers and then just sit back and twiddle my thumbs and wait. Like right. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to do that. Like there's not enough Xanax in the world to, 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 to make me, to make me do that. Truly. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that, that 
I wouldn't get a response letter back, you know, the very first publisher that I sent it to, or, you know, maybe it's three years down the line and a hundred rejections later, you know, and I still haven't received something back. You just don't know, but I wasn't, I wasn't willing to take that chance, which, you know, after right. Amazon and I, I never even had to, had to go that route. Which is right. Wonderful. Right. And when people like read it, people you don't know and, you know, mm -hmm. And then they like write nice things. Um, it's it's amazing feeling, you know, mm -hmm. like oh, someone actually paid money there, and they liked it. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a very validating feeling, you know, to to mm -hmm. have that. Um, so when you were growing up, what were some of your favorite books to read? So again, it's I did not do any romance growing up. So growing mm -hmm. up, like I was Stephen King. 100% Stephen King. I was I was Peter Benchley. I loved Peter Benchley. So I did um oh goodness it was the like the King author and the the mm -hmm. Guinevere like the the medieval books. You know, I loved Anne Rice. You know, uh, just the the really anything but romance. That right. and, it, and it's just it's so strange that that is my my genre, you know, and I'm, and I'm just reluctant to write anything but romance now, because it was something that I, I never considered reading, you know, mm -hmm. until the last, the last couple of years, truly. Okay. Um, oh, that's interesting. I like that. You know, I think that's part of creative creativity in a way that, um, you know, I've, I've been a musician for much of my life and the things I like to listen to are different than the things that I like to play in some ways. Like I, I like heavy rock and metal and, and I've been in quite a few of those bands, but I also, I'm happy to play with whatever, whatever music style it is. I wouldn't listen to it normally, but I would happy to be happy to play it. I think there's something like that. It, it carries over into writing. Like the stuff we like to read doesn't necessarily always have to be the stuff that we create that we like to write. If that sounds like it makes sense to you. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um no no i i totally get that uh you know my first book was a series was a cozy mystery and i had never even mm -hmm. read one um until i started writing i did research mm -hmm. you know and um it was like antithesis you know antithetical to what i normally would write um because mm -hmm. i'm more the horror and those you know comedy mm -hmm. kind of things mm -hmm. but i found mm -hmm. it liberating and found it very exciting to work within the confines of this a kind of new genre you know and still develop these characters that i started caring about and 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 uh so no i i get that mm -hmm. um so what makes a good romance story to you that's tough because even even within romance there's so many little niches that you can that you can go there's so many different directions you can go with romance but one of one of my favorite things about romance is it's predictable. You know what's going to happen. I mean, like, I don't go to Starbucks because I'm looking to change it up and get some sort of like, you know, uh, weird drink that I've never heard of that, you know, has 47 syllables and three different ingredients that I can't even pronounce. I go to Starbucks because I like a white chocolate mocha with skim milk and no whip. Like, I want something that's predictable. I want something that I know exactly how it's going to taste and you know, that's, that's just what I like. And it's the same with romance novels. I like it because it's predictable because I know what's going to happen. I know that like these characters are going to start either hating each other, or it's going to be like a brother's best friend, or it's going to be like the, like the child childhood best friends, or, you know, like the boss and the assistant or, and, and you're going to, 
love to, you want them to be together. And then like the author's gonna, you know, make you hate them or make you love them. And then like the author's gonna completely rip your heart out. And then like, she's gonna put it back together for you. You know, and then at the very end, you know, that author is, is gonna bring them together and it's gonna be the happily ever after, you know? So, so right. I, I I love the predictability of sure. romance. That, and, and I feel like that, especially in like the the pre and now the post COVID, you need that you need to have the the predictability like something you need to have like the consistency you yes. know and, and, and I I really like that I think that's why I gravitated so much towards romance within the last couple of years because you know I mean you know what's gonna happen I mean you might like throw the book across the room and you might like have a temper tantrum and you know like be really mad about it but you know at the end they're gonna be together and at the end you're gonna you know everything is going to be okay. You might not uh, like it getting there, but you know, it's all going to be okay at the end. Sure. You, yeah. You have that target goal in mind. Yeah. Um, it's like when you watch a Hallmark movie for the same reason, you know, um, I, I do enjoy the occasional Hallmark Christmas movie. And it's like, after you've seen two or three, you, you've seen them all, you know, it's the same interchangeable formula, but um, I have a background in popular culture and um, part of the study of that is the study of formula and genre. And we like formula within genres because it is comforting. You know, once we know, identify what the formula is mm -hmm. and we, we kind of, you know, have that, we, we, that predictability is comforting. Like you had said, it's, it's very reassuring to us. So we know things are going to work out. We still, mm -hmm. but we still experience all the emotions kind of getting there because exactly. yes, you kind of summed it up really nicely. All the formula for all like rom-coms is that the two people don't like each other or more romance novels and things mm -hmm. kind of force them together where they do finally express their love, even though they may not want it, they realize they're in love exactly. and then something splits them apart temporarily. And then they mm -hmm. come back, you know, mm -hmm. um, it would be very different at the end of the story. Had they not like lived happily ever after that would be the mm -hmm. controversial end, you know? Yes. Yes. Cause the, so the formula exists to reassure, to kind of give that continuity. And, and um, so, no, mm -hmm. I, I like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So do you find that the experience between reading a romance novel and watching a romance movie any different mm -hmm. as far as the as, as a consumer of the genre? Definitely, because and and I don't like Hallmark movies. That's you know? fine. Yeah. And, and you see, that's the thing. Now, I do I do enjoy rom-coms, you know, like one of my favorites and and I had to say that because I'm gonna oh love actually like that's oh yeah yeah it's favorite, a you have to watch it every Christmas it's a Christmas oh movie. yes yeah. oh yes exactly and and yeah. I think that that comes down to you know Alan Rickman and I'm you know like the biggest Harry Potter fan okay. on the face of the earth I have an extremely unhealthy obsession with it that I'm completely aware of okay I embarrass the heck out of my husband and my child and I and I embrace that 110 percent at least but, you um, own it fly that flag yeah, proudly you know it's like I hey do. own it proudly right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, sure. Mm -hmm. but, but I'm not, I'm not like a huge rom-com fan. I, I feel like I have to be in a mood to watch a rom-com. You know, you have to, yeah. you have to have that, have to be in a mood for it. You know, that's not to say that you don't have to be in a mood to, you know, to watch Pet Cemetery as well. Sure. But like, you have to, you have to be in a mood to, to watch, to watch a rom-com. And I'm, and I'm not normally a rom-com person, mm -hmm. but have, I can devour a romance book like I can neglect my real job uh, to, to, to read a 
a romance book that has sucked me in by the end of the first chapter. Okay. You like the historical romance novels as well? Like when it's set in a particular time period and there's the, you know, factual history as part of the plot? I do. As long as it's not, they don't use a lot of, and I don't want to say historical accuracy because I don't, let me try. So um, when it comes to using a lot of the historical accurate terms, I feel like they need to keep in mind their their average reader because the average reader does not know what a lot of those terms mean. So if I get to the end of the first chapter and they're using a lot of historical accurate terms, but the average reader does not know what that means. And I find myself like having to go to Google to to realize that this is a term that means like, a, you know, another word for like a house or a, you sure. know, a dress or a shoe, like in it. And right. I'm just going to and from Google, like, listen, that's not going to keep my attention. But if it's something that I can follow along with and it and it draws my attention in, then absolutely. I love historical romances nice. as well. Nice. But, but my favorites still are just contemporary. I just I love a good yeah contemporary romance okay um mm-hmm. it's not a genre i'm a fan of but there are f- several that stand out like you had mentioned love actually is a great movie mm-hmm. um you know the mm-hmm. first time you see it i dare anyone not to cry you know at the, oh, at the oh end it's gosh. just I yeah and mm-hmm. i the performances are just so good and it's still heartbreaking i know exactly what's going to happen but mm-hmm. every time i see Liam Neeson and that and his son talking mm-hmm. that's just so beautiful and tender and that, that little boy should have won like a, an oscar i mean to go oh, against with Liam yeah. Neeson to be, you know, share the screen and like, and take those scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's yeah just, just it's, it's every time she opens up that president, she sees that Joni Mitchell tape. Yes. Like there's, there is no way, like, I don't, I, and I know what's going to happen. And but right. I, I, I get watery eyed. Like there, there's no way that you yeah. don't, you don't, you don't right. feel it when it happens. Then you have to turn over and watch Galaxy Quest so you can see Alan Rickman, you know, by <laughs> Grab Thar's hammer, you know? Um, one one romantic well i guess it is it's a comedy with romance um it's iq mm-hmm. have you heard it with um oh yes oh, with nick ryan to, and uh yeah, yeah. Walter Matthau and yeah. Yes, yes yes that's yes. brilliant Tim Robbins. yes yeah. that one yes yeah mm-hmm. um that that's just so funny and sweet because and i love the idea because of albert einstein and his pals are there and just <laughs> that's what makes the movie for me i mean meg ryan was a you know she was a you know adorable and that that it was her peak era for she was in everywhere she was like the cute girl next door kind of thing yeah and yes. and tim robbins just plays that kind of low-key bashful kind of guy mm-hmm. so well mm-hmm. um that's about the only one i'll watch because it's because i like the performances and and there's so much more than just the romance going on that i enjoy but mm-hmm. um so you had mentioned earlier that you didn't really want to write in any genres had you thought about writing like different genres at all or is it by thinking about them you said no that's not for me or is it just something like nope uh romance is the only thing i want to do well yes so i've i just recently branched out and like i'm I'm completely on on pins and needles waiting to hear about it so uh so you would mention music so one probably my my favorite uh my favorite performer hands down is is alice cooper mm, you know like yes. i think mean, just absolutely love alice cooper i mean we took our gosh at that point in time she was six we took our six-year-old to meet alice oh, cooper i mean nice. like she absolutely loved it she got to meet Alice. she got to meet nina like it, it was just a, a fantastic fantastic concert but i mean we've we've my husband and i have seen him so many 
send me text. He's fantastic. But so I was just searching Facebook, looking for uh, anthologies to be a part of, because that's, I mean, you know, that's, that's a great way for authors to hook new readers is to just become a part of different anthologies, you Mm -hmm. know, and to just put short stories out there, you know, for the, the world to consume. And I stumbled across an Alice Cooper anthology and it is right and it is something that's going to benefit his uh nonprofit, which is something that goes to keep music in schools yeah you know and this is a uh an anthology that and you write a short story that is based on one of his songs oh nice okay right and you can choose anything and of course they said now obviously you can choose you know schools out for summer you can choose poison but i mean that that would be what the majority of people would choose so you want to do something more obscure i mean that just goes without saying but because of the uh, amount of interest in the anthology you know it's something that you have to apply for some anthologies you can just pay uh, pay a little bit or you can just you know throw your hat in the ring and you automatically get accepted others you have to apply for uh this particular one um i did have to submit a story for and within the next uh week or two you know i should be receiving um back either uh yes you're in or the you know thank you very much for your submission but that was my first attempt at doing anything besides romance and it was of course horror and it okay. wasn't yes and it wasn't just um you know, like paranormal, like it, it's, yeah, it's, it's straight horror. Nice. You know? <laughs> nice. Okay. So what song or are you allowed to say? What song did you yeah, base it off of? So, so I did cold Ethel. I was, I was, I was going to get around because cold Ethel I thought, well, that's just, you gotta do that one. I mean, as much as I love billion dollar babies, it's not much for the song horror story in there, yeah. but cold Ethel is just like, Oh, necrophilia. Mm-hmm. Come on. You can't, you can't get much more mm-hmm. disturbing than necrophilia, you know? Exactly. And of course, and those were the two things that she said, she said, obviously you can't do, you can't do that because she said, you can't do gratuitous violence just to do gratuitous violence. She, and you can't do, you know, necrophilia just because she wanted to draw the line at some point in time. Because I mean, if, okay. you, if you know anything about, you know, Alice in real life, mm-hmm. like he, like he teaches Sunday school. And like, yeah, he's and playing he's a, he's playing a character. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, he's, a, he's like, such a great guy. They're like really good people. So, I mean, he completely embraces the character, but he also does, does draw the line at some point in time, which I completely right. understand. So like my, my take on cold Ethel was, um, was, well, I mean, I don't want to completely. completely yeah. I don't want to, don't want to, don't want to give yeah, it all away. Yes. But it was, uh, it was not necrophilic, obviously, but it was definitely a, the, the mad, the mad doctor and the, the, the wife in the freezer okay kind of <laughs> so. no, that's that's awesome regardless mm-hmm. one way or another i would like to read that story so sometimes someday whenever you get if it gets published i'll read it there but if not um i'd love to read that sometime um that's just too delicious of not to want to try you know right like i couldn't i could i couldn't not do it Re- yeah. i mean regardless if they like if they respond back and say listen you need to stick with romance i, <laughs> I mean i'd be like completely fine or if nice. they said you know this is fantastic i'm either way there was no way that i could not throw my hat in the ring sure alice cooper i mean right so- i mean what i mean and then if you do get in like how cool is that because, you know, maybe you'll get a signed copy from with with his autograph or something. You know, you never know. Um, I mean, if nothing else, like the next time we go and see him in concert, I'm going to be like, hey, listen. Hey, this is oh. my story. <laughs> right. No, that would be awesome. Um, definitely worth the definitely worth it. 
the chance, the shot. Why not? Uh, no, no, that's that's cool. I I do a, a few other podcasts, and one is called Heavy Metal Horror, where mm-hmm. we talk horror movies and interview rock stars. And mm-hmm. um, I I have yet to get Alice on. I, I've asked him. We you know we've been turned down because we're kind of we're small we're small potatoes. But mm-hmm. I would love to talk with Alice. Uh, just because, and I have Alice stories. My my grandpa when I was younger, my grandpa and grandma. Um, would fly out to Arizona in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alex lives out in, in Arizona. So they're on the flight and my, <laughs> with Alice Cooper <laughs> sitting next to my grandpa. Now, mm-hmm. my g- grandpa didn't know anything about Alice. I had no idea mm-hmm. who this guy was. Uh, but my mm-hmm. grandpa was kind of like Archie Bunker and Fred Sanford put together, kind of like a bigoted junk dealer. So. <laughs> In the best way possible. And mm-hmm. so I'm just imagining him like trying to sell him stuff, you know, on the plane, like, oh, I got these extra combs. You need a comb, you know? And it was like afterwards when I heard the story, like, yeah, hey, Mark, you, I met this guy you might know. Uh, he had a funny name. His name was Alice Cooper. He said it was, you know, I'm like, Grandpa, oh, oh my God. So, <laughs> yeah, I go, Grandpa, you know, he hangs like, you know, hangs people on stage and he cuts his own head off you know <laughs> and he just said how nice he was and pleasant like mm-hmm. he was just enduring my grandpa you know who was a talker mm-hmm. and um so i and i was in college at the time and uh, so i wrote a song uh, about it for one of the bands i was at my grandpa met alice mm-hmm. cooper you know because it was just the absurdity of it like waiting for my grandpa to start donning like black eye makeup you know i was that would have been awesome that's but, amazing. I, I remember when we took our when we took our daughter to to, to see him. So I had, I had ordered a you know an Alice Cooper patch from uh, eBay or Amazon or something, and then like a black bow. And I had you know super glued the the patch on the bow and put it in her hair. And when we got to to meet him afterwards, I mean it was it was amazing. Of course, everybody couldn't believe that you know we were like the the cool parents that we took <laughs> Our six-year-old is sure, <laughs> sure. So she got to go up and, and meet him first, and I mean, like he spent several minutes with her, and I mean, like he bent down and listened to her, and I mean, she was listing off her songs. She's like, so you know, poison is my one, and like she was counting it, and 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 he was asking her why and asking her questions about it, and I mean, like, and we had wow. several. I mean, it was just amazing, and she still, she still. Well, I mean, she's only eight, so I mean, it wasn't like yeah. terrible ago, but I mean, like she still talks about it. I mean, and the fact that he took the time to do that, yeah, I mean, just truly amazing and then uh, the stage manager because um uh, we actually that was back when uh before nita you know nina strauss mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. you know she was still in the band too uh the stage manager knew how much uh she loved nita so we actually got to go to her dressing room and meet her as well so oh, wow. a picture. yeah a picture that's awesome her. yes yes and and now she's uh she's taking guitar lessons you know, which is cool. the yes, next generation. Nice. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. It's fantastic. It was, it's, it's great. So she's, she's a, she's really, and she's good. It's very, it's very exciting. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, it's, it's so very scary to meet your heroes. We've talked a lot about this on, on heavy metal horror that we've had some episodes where we talk about that. And even we, when we interview these rock stars, everyone is a fan of somebody else. So we asked them, like, have you ever met any of your heroes and what that was that like? And sometimes they have great stories to tell. And sometimes they're like, yeah, this guy was an asshole, you know, or whatever. You know, it's yeah. it's just kind of heartbreaking because um, you never think about them the same way. So it's always risky. Yeah. But I'm I'm so glad it was such a positive experience. Oh, and, wow. um, really you know, that's fantastic. So, mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to gear back around to oh, writing yeah. for yeah. you. So, so, yeah, come back. So, go back um, 
So what made you first want to write? Oh, this, well, so I've, I've, according to my parents, this is something that I've done my, my entire life. So my, both of them said that I've, I've always, I've always written. In fact, when, when I was in middle school, I wrote a book, uh, nothing, nothing serious, but you know, it was a, it was a decent size. It was a decent sized book. My mother still has it somewhere in the house she hasn't given it to me probably because she knows i i would cringe and, and you know, it, would, it would disappear somewhere and she would never see it again and she would you know not be able to bring it out when i turned 50 and embarrass the you know the jeebies out of me uh but um so it's something that i've all always been interested in but but truly it's never something that i even thought about pursuing until until covid and it was it was it was really really funny how it started and this is this is a, a hilarious story so it started because I had a dream about my boss and it wasn't even a, a you know a smexy dream it wasn't so I I I um I work at a bank and I found out that my my boss who was you know six something three-piece suit with a little the little vest and the little pocket watch and the little like I have to leave early on Thursday to take my son to soccer practice is in a grunge band you know, and I just thought, right. And I just thought that was the funniest thing in the whole world that my boss was in a bunch, you know, a grunge band. So I just, I happened to have a random dream about it, you know, and then like, I had another dream about it and another dream and it just kept building and building and building. And I'd mentioned to my husband and I'd mentioned it to like my mother and, you know, and I couldn't get it out of my head. So then he wasn't threatened by all these dreams about your band manager boss. So that's good. Hmm. Like, do we need to see a counselor here yeah no. <laughs> no, i was i was almost like it's not the kind of dream i promise but you know <laughs> lo and behold it turned into a book then the book turned into one of those kind of books so i mean but anyway uh so then then COVID started and you know we were stuck in the house and you know that was when our little one had started kindergarten so she was in the house and i was in the house and he was in the house and everybody was kind of going crazy so i have an escape (laughs) yeah exactly so i we all needed a a change of pace so i had actually just started going to my mother's house a couple days a week just you know so somebody was out of the house just so we you know we're not going crazy and i had just jokingly mentioned to my mother that i was still having this dream and it was funny after this many months that it was still going on and uh and i said that i was actually trying to write a little bit of it down just to, you know get out of my head but of course i couldn't write it down on my work computer because that was just weird and uh <laughs> you know and i said and, I, and i'm not writing it down on my phone because again i'm just i'm not writing it with my thumbs because you know, <laughs> that's right you're like a normal person right yeah exactly so i mean and it was just a, a couple of days before that she had upgraded her uh her laptop so she handed me her old one and she's just here, just use this. So there we go. And that was the end. So then a thousand words turned into a thousand words and 5,000 turned into 10, 10 turned into 20. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, this might, uh, this might be something. So then, you know, I got onto Amazon or excuse me, I got onto Facebook and I started, you know, Googling, um, or excuse me, I got onto Facebook and just started searching, you know, author groups and publishing and you know editing and it it just I couldn't get over how not easy it seemed but how attainable the goal seemed to be and I guess the rest is the rest is kind of history yeah no that's awesome um interesting Mm -hmm. how how 
we get that spark to start writing and it, and it wasn't a grand plan of yours, just the idea yeah. of writing to get out. And then you realize you have so much more to say, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, but, but it truly just started as an, as an outlet. I mean, well, mm -hmm. it just started as a, as a way for me to stop dreaming about my boss because after a while, it's just weird. But, but I mean, and, and then it just became my outlet. It, it became my, my way of dealing with, with with covid with being in the house all the time and and now we are we are back to the office part-time at least but now it's 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 still my escape it's still my mm -hmm. my creative outlet my i feel like there's still so much more you know oh, sure. one series, yeah one series has now turned into the second one and and you know i can't wait to see where that leads it's... that's awesome <laughs> um let's talk mm -hmm. a little bit about world building mm -hmm. okay so how do you go about designing your world that your characters live in? Well, I think the most important thing for me is, is writing about what, you know, uh, I, and especially with, with not having any formal writing training, you know, I, I, I work in banking and I went to, to college as a, uh, to be a teacher, actually, I mean, completely random things. So not having, not having the background, uh, I felt like I needed to write about what I know. So my, um, I'm in South Carolina and the books are based in Charleston, you know, an area that I'm very familiar with that I've traveled to multiple times. So I can write confidently about the area, about the people, about the, the, the dialect, you know, with them, um, without having to, to Google a lot of things, you know, I can write about it with, with accuracy. Uh, and it's the same with the, uh, with the professions, so, you know, the characters in the book, one of them is a assistant at a bank. You know, I am very confident about that role. The other is a, um, is, uh, she is a doctor, you know, um, a veterinarian, you know, I, I'm very familiar with that role. So I have a, a friend who, you know, who works in a clinic. So, so I, it, that's the most important thing to me is write about things that, you know, I feel like that you can have a better grasp on, on that as opposed to Googling, not that I haven't you know, researched a ton, you know, especially for one of my roles. One of them is a police officer. Well, again, my neighbor is also a police officer too. So I feel like that between Google and, you know, the random knock on the door. Hey, so, um. <laughs> right. No, no, that's good. Yeah. Writing what you know. Um, no, you have to start somewhere, you know, it's unless you're, especially in a bromance where that seems to be grounded in reality. And, mm -hmm. and if you can write those details, um, without having to, to worry about trying to, without worrying about whether you're accurate or not, because you know it, then it just mm -hmm. takes the pressure off of you. You know, you can just yeah. write what you know, and then it's mm -hmm. going to seem like it's a real thing anyway, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because okay. there is, there is some, I don't want to say, what am I trying to say? Like stuff that is I don't want to say far-fetched because that's not the right word, but stuff that that is, you know, like the insta-lust, the stuff that is a, a little bit harder to believe in romance than it is in yeah. real life, you know, like the the immediate sexual chemistry, like, you know, the 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 first time they're together and it's like the fireworks and like the first <laughs> time that the first time the fingers touch and it's just like, you know, sparks fly and dance and this, that and the other. So, yeah. to, so to have it grounded more in everyday reality it it makes the, those sort of things more realistic you know when you have that that the instant chemistry and the insta lust and that sort of 
those sort of things I found. Yeah. Cause it doesn't happen yeah. all the time, thankfully. Exactly. Right. You know, yeah. it'd be exhausting yeah. if it did. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, no, that makes perfect sense. You know, and it, it does mm -hmm. happen from time to time. You, you, mm -hmm. you can't help who you're attracted to. It's just one of those things. Now, whether they're attracted to you back is a, you know, a whole different ball of wax, but mm -hmm. it, um, no, that's good. You, that's good because there. That's the fantasy element is the romance. Romance is fantasized. That it's it's yes. that we even use the word romanticized to talk about fantasy. You know, and it, mm -hmm. so when we build something up, um, so it is an escape. It is that fantasy. But so to have those pieces of reality in there um, mm -hmm. to, do make the story seem more likely or possible. I think, mm -hmm. and I think that's mm -hmm. part of the the genre is what people get in, read as opposed to science fiction or horror is that, you know, you don't necessarily want to be in a horror story. You know, mm -hmm. you really don't want these things happening to you, but with a romance, there's always that what if possibility or remembering something or somebody or like looking for the next relationship or possibility of one. And that always is kind of, I think in our minds anyway. So it, it it's, it's part of the invitation. I think if you're going to read that genre, it's like you kind of, it's easy to put yourself in the position of the characters, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So since you've kind of developed the world around Charleston, um, you've added things to it, or is it definitely based in Charleston, South Carolina, or is it a fictional uh, Charleston? No, no, it's definitely based in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. So if I, so I've, I've used real places, I've used real restaurants. So um, if I have embellished uh, any areas, so I have, like I did makeup in hotel, you know, because I was, I wanted to make, you know, like the streets bigger and the areas bigger around the hotel. And I didn't want to um, uh, not represent, you know, any of the hotels there mm -hmm. incorrectly, you sure. know, just because that, that obviously wouldn't be a fair representation to them. So I did, I did create fictional places within Charleston, but uh, any, any place that I used a real name for, I represented it accurately. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I um I used the town in which I grew up in as the basis for my cozy mystery town. It's a different name mm -hmm. and all the places are different differently mm -hmm. named, but the locations of them are are all the same. Like when I envisioned downtown where I where I grew up in a town called Vermilion. Um mm -hmm. so I'm not right on the Lake Erie and um so has a connection to water and fishing and all those things. But growing up there my whole life, you know, I had all these memories of places and so my character has all those same memories because you know, they're mine and uh, that just made it those little details about bringing up parts of my past there memories i had make people who don't didn't grow up in vermilion they they look at this as like small town memories that could apply to anyone anywhere which is mm -hmm. kind of nice but the people who mm -hmm. did grow up in vermilion um when I read these, like, oh, I know where this place is. It's a different name, but I know the pizza place you're talking about, Mark. You know, so, um, which is also kind of kind of fun because then they start like looking at other places or characters, like, mm -hmm. oh, who's this character based off of? And they, you know, they begin doing that kind of game, like, you know, which is mm -hmm. kind of um, kind of fun as well. But speaking mm -hmm. of your characters, um, mm -hmm. I, you've you've based some of them on on things that you've done and that you know. But how do you mm -hmm. go about uh, creating and developing your characters? That's, that's, I don't know that, I mean, with, it was, I hate just sitting here thinking. No, it's okay. 
No, it's fine. No, so so with with so with the characters for for my trilogy, I kind of started with with the base the base dream that I had, and I knew it was going to be a, a boss and an assistant, and I wanted it to circle around the the female. And I thought, all right, well, if it's going to be going to be one girl, let's make it a, a group of girls. And then I thought, well, you know, the how many books did I want it to be? You know, and I was thinking, well, let's make it a trilogy. And then, you know, I wanted to say, well, why don't we have one of them married? So let's do a group of four girls. And then I started with occupations, you know, and I, I came up with the occupations. And then I thought of, of names that could potentially go with the different occupations, you know, first and last names. And, and honestly, I, I did kind of base them on a couple of friends that I had that were in similar occupations, <laughs> truly. Uh and then kind of went from, you know, and went from there. And then I, I built the details around the the occupations and the the areas and kind of built the character profiles. Okay. Uh, but it, um, I, and again, I kind of used that with, with what I knew, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a perfect process, sure. you know, and I, and I changed the, I changed a couple of the names like halfway through the book. So I was like, wait, I don't really like this or this doesn't work or. Right. You know, I knew that I knew that I wanted this character to have a double name because they were from the South, but I didn't want it to be like a traditional double name. I wanted it to be a, you know, a little, a uniquer one. So, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just, I think that's a normal organic part of the creative process. You know, mm -hmm. um, we, we have ideas and we start with them and over time they change and they, they can adapt, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's perfectly fine. I guess it's normal, you know, and that's how we process a lot of things. The act of creating allows our brain to process, you know, exactly. and we're just trying to find our way to get to a point where we can see a rough shape first. Mm -hmm. And um, that shape is completely malleable until, until we turn our final draft in, you know? Yeah. Um, so which of your characters would you most like to have a drink with? Ooh, I would have to say that would be, the most recent guy well excuse me all right so the the very last book that i wrote full-length book that was one little victory and the hero that i wrote uh simon so simon kelly that was the the most favorite guy that i've written so far and i would i would love to have a drink with him because he was just he's very pretentious he's he's the kind of guy that like he gets mad at you if you don't let him be a complete gentleman to you. Like he actually got mad at the heroine because she opened her own door. Okay. Like, and he got, and he got, he got like pissed off at her because okay. you know, he's, seriously, I could have done that for you. And it's right. just, you he's know, and uber I, I, Southern gentleman. Yes. Yes. Uber Southern gentleman. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I, I just would, I would love to have a drink with him just to completely get into his head more, but also just to needle him. Cause he just seems like one of the ones that you would just love to push his buttons. Just, I, just the same. I love that. That's great. So what would be the first question you'd ask him while you're having a drink? Oh, that would be tough. Hmm. Probably because he's, he's the kind of guy that would like stand in front of the mirror, trying to get his hair that perfect way to where, to where it looks looks messy but it, it takes him like a half hour to get <laughs> that like messy look. So I would like deadpan you know, how long did it take you to get your hair look like that? Because we wouldn't be able to continue to have this conversation if it took you longer than, you know, 15 minutes, because that's how long it took me to get my hair ready. Oh, or like some, something right. very, like, very kind of like, 
flirty, passive aggressive, like, and then, you know, offer to buy him a drink or like, that would be my opening. Like, my opening. Nice. Okay. No, no, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I, um, when I came up with that question, I thought, because I'd never always thought about my characters. Like there's some characters when you write, you, mm -hmm. you really gravitate toward like minor characters in my cozy. Some, uh, mm -hmm. are uh, some of my favorite characters and there, there's one who's like the last character I created. He's like the nosy, like newspaper guy. You gotta have a guy who's just, and he's a button pusher. He's always mm -hmm. dressing sloppily and like wearing a yellow shirt, but everyone knows what day of the week it is because his yellow shirt will have a, a you know, stains in different places. So he has, you know, oh, it's the stains over the pocket. It must, must, must be Tuesday or whatever, you know? Um, but he's just like a, a loud mouth, kind of a cad, you know, and doesn't mm -hmm. care about anybody's feelings. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. Like, it, it just kind of came out of the blue. Like once I didn't know about him, I just knew what he looked like. And as soon as I started writing his words, like, oh, I know this guy. He, he's, he's a button pusher. I like this guy. Mm -hmm. So, and other characters, like even the main character, because it's a combination of just complete fiction and my memories. It's like, I don't, I don't care about Abby too much. I just, because I, I, I don't know, because it's just weird. It's like, she's carrying the books it's the story it's her story but there are a lot more characters i would rather spend time with if that makes any sense at all um no but that's that's good let's talk a little bit about your creativity and organization um i read on your instagram page you are a proud pantser um, as a plotter the thought of writing a book without any organization makes my brain whirl you know it's just like fills me with anxiety um so have you tried plotting or um, is it, did that drive you to pantsing or do you just, mm -hmm. because, well, the way you started your first book, you just started writing. Is that just mm -hmm. how you continue with your creativity? You just go with a general idea and see where mm -hmm. it goes? Well, you see, see mine, mine was the exact opposite of yours is I sat down and I tried to plot and I got, I got horrible anxiety from it, oh, you know, because, okay. because I would sit down and I would, I would know of course how I wanted it to start and I would know how I wanted it to end and the middle and I would just I would get horrific anxiety like well I mean what what's supposed to happen here and what's supposed to happen in chapter one and and you know it just I mean terribly and then you know I would say well oh my gosh well I I you know I talked to my editor and I told her that I would have this to her by February but now it's been three weeks and I haven't I haven't plotted anything and, and now I'm gonna have to push the deadline and if I do this then I'm gonna and it, and it would just start spiraling okay you know and I realized I, I couldn't do that so what would happen what happened with me is I would get an idea for a so I have to start with the title and I like to have the title first that that's just my process regardless if I decide to change the title or not I like to have the title first because I, I feel like that 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 to me makes the story real you know and I could change the title 12 times but I need to have that first you know and then I, I at least want to figure out how I start the story you know, and then once that happens, once I at least have the first two chapters started, which would be, you know, like the first point of view from the guy and the first point of view from the girl, depending on how the series starts. So the first series started with the the girls, you know, the Southern Charms, you know, so the, the girl's point of view was first. The set, the second series is going to be the guy's series. So like the guy uh, point of view is is first. So once I have the first and the second chapter, at least bullet pointed if not actually started, then I can start either bullet pointing chapters or throwing stuff in there 
So it, to me, it's really a mixture of both, but I just cannot sit, sit and plot. Like I can't yeah. sit there like a broad outline. Mm-hmm. So like, so, I mean, yesterday, co- coincidentally, it was yesterday around lunchtime. I was doing something. I don't truly don't even remember what I was doing, but I got a, uh, a really good idea for how this couple was going to have their their first kiss and I and it was just a line that kind of popped into my head where they were arguing in the break room of their work and finally when they're and during the argument he just his eyes just keep flicking down to her lips so they're arguing and he just keeps staring at her and then she just says something like she scoffs at him and then she says you know I'm sick and tired of this if you do not kiss me right or if you don't it what does she say I, I probably have to pull up my my thing but it's like if you if you don't stop staring at my lips and kiss me then I will never forgive you like and he just you know he, like he grabs her and he kisses her and like it's it's kind of like where it's it's um aggressive but still sweet and I just and that line popped into my head so I just immediately wrote it and it was like 1500 words and I like I just kind of shoved it in there in chapter like five or six or wherever it was, but it's just because that line popped into my head from out of nowhere. Yeah, true. Right. Right. But like I wasn't and and I wasn't gonna let that go because I hadn't got to their first kiss yet. But I just thought that was because of the particular dynamic that those two had, which is kind of like the the push pull, I like you but I don't like you, you know? And I'm definitely not gonna admit that I like you. I'm gonna argue with you instead. Right. You know, but like I, I knew that this was the kind of dynamic that they had. I knew this was going to be a really good way for them to have their first kiss. I'm going to write it. I'm going to throw it here, and then I'm going to work it in later. No, that's awesome. That's great. So you you strike when the inspiration hits. You know, mm-hmm. um, you most of my professional life has been in academia. So I taught composition. I'm teaching in composition. Um, so I'm all about like planning, like because academic writing demands a lot of planning and forethought and organization mm-hmm. and structure. And so, but I've carried that over into my, into my fiction as well. Like I, I too like to start with a title. Um, sometimes the title doesn't take a while maybe in, but sometimes it comes with a flash beforehand, like, okay. And it sets the tone, but I, you know, being a planner and a plotter, I, I have, I write down all the ideas I can. And then I don't know how, where they're going to fit in yet. And that's when I start doing the organization, like, you know, the creative process, I get all the ideas. And then, then I start like looking at like, okay, how do I structure the story? Once, once kind of major elements of the story take place, they fall into place. Then I find the connective tissue, you know, let's, what do we need to something between these two acts? What, what, what would be nice mm-hmm. here? Or how do I insert these characters or, you know, and um, so I, that's, this is why I love this show so much is because talking with other writers and talking about creative process because it's it's so different from writer to writer i mean we all start with an idea back here and we all end up with a finished product up here but how Mm -hmm. we get here it's 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 everyone's so different and and i find that fascinating you Mm -hmm. know and the fact Mm -hmm. that you get anxious about things that make me very comfortable as a writer my my current work it's the second in the cozy series i got a 26 page outline you know color coded mm-hmm. because i want to see like mystery parts and what are the cozy parts and character v- development you know so for me mm-hmm. 
that gives me great comfort because I can still, I still have to get from point A to point B creatively. You know, mm-hmm. you still have to lay down the sentences and the dialogue. It just, it's my, it's my roadmap where it'll, it gives me great security so that if I do kind of go off on a tangent, I'm not worried about it. I know where I'm going mm-hmm. eventually, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, I like your hybrid idea because I've met other writers who just said I just start with an idea I have no idea what's going to happen mm-hmm. and I, they just start going they don't know the characters yet they have no nothing I'm like oh mm-hmm. it's just it's just like ha, I don't know how you do that you know so th- I that's, think, that's I think that would definitely cause me a little a little bit of stress like I, I remember actually with one little victory that one that one started with the dark night like really that one started with I know how these guys are going to like break up like I know what their big fight is going to be and I had to work backwards and that one was really hard because I had never worked backwards before, you know, uh, but, but I, and I mean, and once I have like the first two chapters, I can bullet point, you know, and, and some of my chapters are just, okay, I know what's going to happen here. Like this one, they're going to have a confrontation. This one, they're going to, you know, something fun's going to happen. This one, they, I need to really amp up the sexual tension here. Like, so I can, okay. I can at least do some basic outlines or like, if I have a, a, a decent scene like I can throw the scene into this chapter like or yeah. I know there needs to be a transition here this needs to be where like the push pull happens but yeah. but it's, it's definitely not as detailed as yours because that that would be that that would cause me that would that would cause me a lot of a lot of stress or actually it would be great if I could do that because I, I feel mm-hmm. like it would it would help a lot more you know I'm sure my my editor would appreciate me being that like on point but uh, but I would that would well, and it, it happens over time. I mean, mm-hmm. the ideas come in no order at all. Just like, mm-hmm. like they get the basic story. Like, mm-hmm. here's my three sentence summary of the whole plot. Right. And then just certain things happen like, oh, this would be a great mystery element. Oh, I think this would be really nice. And this, and then I have all this, like, it's like all these puzzle pieces laying on the floor, but I have no idea what the puzzle's going to like where they're necessarily going to go they're all like squares mm-hmm. i can put i can arrange them any way i want to change the picture of the puzzle you know mm-hmm. but it just takes time and sometimes i you know in the middle of drafting i'll look at my outline i'm like this doesn't work right here you know yeah. I'll, I'll move it around and you know so it's still kind of a living document but um no that's 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 fascinating because the, the longer the novel uh and my cozies are quite long for a cozy um i need i want more of the outline, but my, my pulp stuff, it's relatively short, you know, 40, mm-hmm. 50,000 words. Mm-hmm. So the outline may be six pages, you know, but it's still, and some of that is like dialogue. Like I'll just get flashes of dialogue or scenes and I'll just like write mm-hmm. them down like you, like you mm-hmm. um, have. And then I just know I want to have this line. Like I got to have this line somewhere where it goes. Yet, yeah. I don't know, but I know <laughs> it's going to go in the book. So no, no, I love that. Mm-hmm. We had we talked a little bit um, about your perfectionism. Mm-hmm. So, do you think your perfectionism or sense of perfectionism does that affect, how does that affect your writing? Is it is that why you're worried about the outlining, or you said you worry and obsess about every little thing? Um, so, how do, how does that come into play in your like everyday drafting, writing, creating? It that comes into play because it's it's very hard for me to let the draft go it's very hard for me to send it, send it to my alpha, send it to my betas and send it to my editor, because I feel like it's never good enough for me to send it away to anybody else, you know, and especially being a, an indie author and not a traditionally published author. I mean, indie authors are not rolling in funds to be able to do 
to do everything, you know, because we do everything ourselves. So that means we pay for, I mean, you know, this, we pay for everything up front. You know, we, it's not something that a traditional publisher pays for and then takes, you know, a portion of the, the profits, you know, so one of the, and you know, this, the things that you have to do with um, indie publishing is you have to have good editing. You have to have a good cover. I mean, otherwise the books just, it's, it's not going to sell. I, I mean, it's just not. And, and editing is an investment. You have to have a good editor. You do. I mean, and, and luckily I've been, I've been blessed. I've had two fantastic editors, but I mean, stuff's going to get missed. It's always going to get missed. It and, is. I mean, and, and, and with Amazon, one of the, one of the horrid things with Amazon is, is readers have the option to, to let Amazon know if there's mistakes. And yeah. if enough readers do that, then Amazon will pull your book. Oh, so it's, it's, it's horrifying. I didn't to, know to that. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I usually it's just get an email saying, Hey, Mark, you missed yeah. something. Cause mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm my own editor, but I, mm-hmm. I you know, cause I taught composition for a long time. So I, yeah, I'm comfortable yeah, in that role, yeah, but, in your situation, you're, mm-hmm. but it's still, you get too close to it. You know, I still have a circle of writers who I, I trust my work to because I know they will be honest with me. Like we're all good friends. Mm-hmm. So they, they're mm-hmm. winning. There's, they have no reason to not, be honest and they want my success as much as i do so i trust them you know look mm-hmm. at and and they have different build, abilities and skills and then some are just readers who are you know like longtime friends who are actually fans of my work which is really great but mm-hmm. they are good at like finding like the typos and things yeah. one day. after a while like you just see the same thing your brain fills in all the gaps yep, you know exactly. what you're trying to say so yep. I feel very fortunate that I have my beta readers, a group of about six or eight people who I trust, like they will find the mistakes. They will yeah. point out plot errors. They will say, this is mm-hmm. working, but this sucks, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we all need those people in our lives to help because we can't just do it by ourselves. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, let, let's talk a little bit about your writing process. And even though you've kind of talked a little bit about, about that, but is there a, a part of the writing process that you like the most? Hmm. I'm actually really, I'm in that part right now. It's where the ideas are free flowing, you know, cause I, I, I think that the, it's when I'm still threading everything together you know, I, I'm making everything cohesive when I'm, I'm tying, I'm tying the story, I'm developing the characters, I'm, I'm making it flow. Uh, it's, it's before I get into the nitty gritty, before I get into the, I've read this 97,000 times, so I'm going to gouge my eyeballs out with an ice pick, you know, if I have to read this scene again, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, this is, this is when it's, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. It's, you know, I'm in love with these characters, you know, this is going to be, you know, the, 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 when you first, when you first start writing, you first start drafting it, you know, this is, this is my favorite time. It's like, it's like early dating versus, you yeah. know, long-time yeah. relationships. Early, like... da- early dating versus, versus marriage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. not, not that it's like, it's, right. yes. Yes. Right. And we don't want to say anything disparaging, um, yeah. but it's the truth. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, no, I, I totally get it. Um, I said, I, I hit a wall at three quarters of the way through a book, no matter what book uh, I'm on. It's just like, cause I know how it's going to end. I've told it mm-hmm. a thousand times in my brain yeah. and it's, I feel like I'm in a marathon. Like my legs are, are churning. My fingers are going, they're numb. It's like, 
I, I know my body is working. I'm just forcing my fingers to type the words yeah. to get me to the end of the story, mm -hmm. you know, and I hit that about three quarters of the way. Cause usually by then, like the next book is like, Hey, I think it's time you start thinking about me. And I'm like, shut up. I got to finish this one first. You know, it's the little voice and start in your head. The next characters like, Hey, yeah, hey, what's going on? right. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. I write multi genres. I don't stick with one. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, the book I did, my first one to go on the extreme, you know, was a cozy mystery. It's so sweet and light. And the next one was a splatter Western, you know, so I just didn't want to be pigeonholed into a corner um, that, mm -hmm. you know, like I just imagined Kathy Bates and, uh, you know, Sledgehammer and hobbling me, you know, making me write cozy mysteries the rest of my life. I didn't want that. <laughs> um, so like, no, 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 I, I'm going to write all kinds of things. So um, when did, was it that you first came to realize what your writer voice was or are mm. you still discovering that no I, I think i'm still discovering discovering what my writer voice is i think it's something that's that's gonna keep uh i'm gonna keep developing it you know because because truly i've i've written three full lengths and then two novellas you know so i i think it's something that i'm gonna keep keep honing you know for a while probably at least until the next series of three books are done mm -hmm. and then i have have a couple of anthologies that i'm gonna be participating in do you find year. it oh i'm sorry oh, no no oh, no no, oh. no that's what i was going to say so I, I think that there's there's still there's still going to be times and one of the anthologies is actually for a, a book signing that i'm going to be doing in wilmington north carolina and um it's going to uh be like uh like a haunted the the oh, book signing nice. is called haunted in wilmington nice. so it's actually going to be a spinoff of um or the characters from the southern charms uh, story, but they're going to be doing like a, a haunted ghost tour in Savannah, oh, Georgia. So, how so fun. It's, it's going to be like, it's going to be humorous, but it's not going to be like um, uh, smutty romance. Sure. It's going to be like humorous, uh, funny, haunted. So, oh, like, I, I love that. I, yeah. So I am going to try to branch out a little bit more. So I, I'm, I'm, because I don't want to completely limit myself to just to a hundred percent romance. Right. I can. And that's not to say that I'm going to do something like, you know, Omegaverse or like paranormal, but I, I don't mm -hmm. want to completely limit myself to just this, uh, this niche should yeah. the opportunity prevent itself or present itself. Sure. Mm -hmm. if, I'm wondering now when you were writing your horror story, did you find that your voice was different than your romance novels? Like with the way you told the story, like you were triggering something because it has to change. Like, mm -hmm. you know, going from the cozy to a splatter Western to a pulp horror for, you know, what I was writing, and nonfiction mm -hmm. in there as well. Mm -hmm. it, it, it every book is a little different. Like it's still you, but it's a different part of of your writing muscles. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I felt the the horror one. It was much more descriptive, much more than than anything in the uh, in the romance genre. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was um, I oh gosh, what was the what did I write? the or what did i watch on tv the quentin tarantino the um reservoir oh dogs pulp fiction no no Django no, 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 no. Unchained, uh, hateful, hateful eight no 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 the one, death proof. The one yeah oh was that yes yeah, death proof it was yeah. uh the one that was like the kurt russell was a, with the gun yes on a yeah yeah yes oh no yes, that was yeah death proof yeah that was that was the um robert rodriguez that was planet yeah. terror and then his was the yes, death yes, proof. Yes. <clears throat> yeah yeah it was very i uh <clears throat> excuse me i apologize i um 
that's kind of what I channeled for that one. Like very descriptive, very gritty. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Um, right. The going into like every book has been a little different, but going from the cozy to the splatter Western, like I will always look at Gage Black as my favorite book because it for the first time I felt completely unfettered by audience expectation. I didn't even know there was a genre called splatter Western until I had, had written the book and put it out there, you know, and people were mm -hmm. reading it going, Oh, this is a splatter Western. I'm like, Oh, I, it was just a violent tale mm -hmm. of revenge. That's all I was writing, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but it was, I felt free and like completely unfettered. Um, and that was an, an amazing feeling, you know, like, okay, mm -hmm. that finally just, pulled back and just let nothing but it spill out onto the page not worried about anyone's feelings anything like look this mm -hmm. is this is nc7 mm -hmm. this is hardcore graphic yeah. violence you know um but it, it felt really good <laughs> to write but when i go back into my cozy it's a completely different like mindset like it's I'm in the character's head. I mean, romances are told from, you know, it's internal or you have a lot of internal yes. monologue. And so to go back into and telling this story, filtering it through everything through this character's experiences, it was a complete, and knowing that my audience is not going to want to read the words I said in Cage Black, I have to really, um, it puts me in a different place emotionally when I write it, you know? So I don't know if, if, if you experienced that when you were writing your horror, like, did you yes. feel differently emotionally? I, yeah, <clears throat> I did. I felt, I felt very different emotionally. And, and to the point where I was, I was considering that if I get accepted into this anthology, if I needed to come up with a different pen name, you know, if I needed to oh. separate myself from, from the, the romance genre because of this. And that's not to say that I, that I wouldn't keep the cat long, but it would be like cat long writing as something, something, Oh, you really? know, and, and, and because of because of how different my voice is because of how different the connection is how different I felt emotionally writing everything and how you know because when it comes to the romance I consider it my it to be very like light fluffy smutty like very very like beach read like it's not it's not I don't want to say it's not deep but it's it's not it's very light sure you know and like the the horror that was i mean that's that's deep that's like that's hard it's less horror. demanding the horror is more yeah. demanding of the reader do yes, you exactly. um, like it's not to be i mean that one so you're just yeah. brand rebranding yourself then in a way like mm -hmm. repackaging the writer so mm -hmm. i know other other writers <laughs> who do the same um mm -hmm. you know i've I, uh, I'm happy to put my name on every book I write, you know, it doesn't change because I think for me, mm -hmm. part of, part of what gives me joy is showing my range, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and the idea that maybe if someone just likes what I do, they'll just pick up and take a chance on no matter what genre, you know, I write. Mm -hmm. So, but I understand that you, you identify mm -hmm. differently with certain sets of work, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's interesting. Some writers yeah. are that way and some writers just, put their name like Stephen King I know been a lot of gruff when he when he did his like was it Eye of the Dragon you know the oh, yeah. fantasy novel and now that he's doing mm -hmm. stuff it's not he went through about 10 years where he wasn't really doing horror you know he had the <laughs> noir stuff and mm -hmm. you know he's just evolving as a writer but he doesn't matter because people will read his stuff because they like exactly. him you know well, so I mean, well, Stephen King did Richard Bachman and I mean but right. it's even what it's even what Joe Hill did I yeah. mean, he differentiated himself completely because he didn't want to be recognized as Stephen King's son. Right, which was a, f a 
fairly poorly disguised, <laughs> you know, pseudonym, you know, wasn't a big shocker. But yeah, the Bachman books, mm-hmm. and it's funny that the, the name sells because they didn't sell anything until it came out that it was Stephen King. And then boom, mm-hmm. all those books um, went up because he was just flooding the market. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just a cocaine machine at the time. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the thing, the thing, with this is like my my branding is very fluffy you know it's very pastels it's very hearts and kissy and lovey and and you know that that's so different from the the grim horror and you know when it comes to branding yourself you know i don't want to attract the wrong readers because i i don't want to you know how important reviews are to authors as well especially indie authors you know you know how a handful of bad reviews can really skew your ratings, whether on mm. Goodreads, on Amazon, on anything. And I don't want to potentially attract the wrong sure. readers and get bad reviews, not because my work sucks, but because, you know, hey, I love the horror book. What the hell is this romance? Or right. No, I get it. Or, you know, you know, hey, I love the romance. What the hell was this? You know, kind of <laughs> kind of thing. And, I'll, and yeah. like I have I have a bunch of one star reviews and my like my rating on Amazon goes from like a four point eight to like a two point three. And then yeah. You know, so so it's it's just it's it's not just it's not that I'm not proud of it. it it's I, yeah, I, see, I was of, unaware of that. I haven't done that much research. I mean, I've gotten a few mm-hmm. um, depending on the book. Mm-hmm. I remember getting on uh, Gage Black. I got a, a my first one star review um, mm-hmm. or no, it was for my nonfiction book, Toxic. No, he gave me three stars. And um, he said, I wanted to give it four, but there was just, you know, you used t- t- too many F-bombs. And I wrote back, I go, what the fuck's wrong with that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I thought that's just a great way to deal with it. I'm like, you know, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, yeah, exactly. you're, you're going to see that. And um, I, I've only gotten one, one that I know of, one one-star review on uh, one yeah. of my books. I don't remember which one. It might have been Gage Black. But there was nothing written. Like I don't care that you hated it. Just tell me why. Like yeah, exactly. I'm, just, I, I'm the same way. Don't really. be a don't be a chicken shit and 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 mm-hmm. just give me the one star and mm-hmm. run away. Like yeah, I can don't handle be it. About it. Like mm-hmm. I I'm not I'm not in competition with anyone. I'm simply telling a story, and I I don't know mm-hmm. who's going to like it and who's not. I if I'm happy with it, that's what matters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's funny. So mm-hmm. um, okay, you had mentioned uh, googling before and uh, doing some research. So what mm-hmm. kinds of things do you do research for uh for your book uh well let me see well the second book the the main character is a police officer so i did i did a lot of when i didn't want to harass my neighbor uh i did a lot of research on just like the proper names for uh, articles of his uniform i did uh research on some of the the laws in south carolina the traffic you know the traffic laws here uh you know um the the cop car you know stuff like that uh particular roads in and around charleston uh let me see for let me see what did i do for the first book the main character was based in or excuse me the one of the characters was from chicago so i did research you know on some areas in chicago uh the third book she's a real estate agent so you know i just googled some basic terminology for that just because i always wanted to to be accurate you know in mm-hmm. in the third book too he speaks french you know oh. so i i did bring in a, a 
a translator for that just because Google is not always 100% accurate. Right. You, you might have them work. asking for a bunch of cheese or something. You just don't know. Yes, exactly. You definitely don't want to rely on Google. You always want to make sure that you bring in, you know, a translator or or something like that to, okay. to verify. And and luckily one of the one of the readers in my my author group, you know, speaks French or took, you know, took French in high school and college. So she was able to to make sure that my translations were accurate. Oh, but nice. you know, it's, it's, just, it's just making sure that you you stay authentic because the last thing, and again, the last thing you want is is to get is to not be authentic, to not be accurate, or or to right. get you know somebody that reports you for inaccurate information or gives you a bad review for for, sure. for something something that could have been prevented right by no, doing no. you know because i mean like there there's a difference between you know i didn't like this because of a b c or d or you know like then you know what were you thinking this was completely untrue because of right. you know some, something that, that you could have fixed by spending five minutes doing research yeah and if you're doing speculative mm -hmm. fiction or science fiction that's a whole different matter so you know exactly. or fan is true fantasy everything's up for grabs you know yeah. but no i i i uh, i get that um the uh for gauge black it takes place just after the civil war so i did research into the kinds of weapons and and like mail routes and and i you know there's a lot of invention there but i i had enough terminology to where it was accurate i knew what what weapons yeah. were available and their, mm -hmm. their, their calibers and things like that. And, and then mm -hmm. my last book um, is called death's head, the eye of Samity. It's a 1930s mm -hmm. pulp horror. So it, it takes place near and around Haiti. So I did research into what was going on in Haiti, the 1930s and, and voodoo and um, the, the Loa. And I wanted to be respectful of the religion, you know, the voodoo and uh, the voodoo practices and get us feel. Cause one of the characters, Samity, Baron Samity is a major player in the story so i wanted to kind of make sure i did his character accurately because i want to be respectful of this religion and but see but as an academic in me i love researching so to me i just want to do a research where i know it it comes out as natural information i'm not trying to give a history lesson but the yeah. details are accurate and mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. little things <laughs> are what make the story will seem will, will kind of come across as authentic I think, you know, exactly. mm -hmm. where it just, it flows naturally. Yes. Yeah. Or, right. It flows naturally where it doesn't come across as something that you researched. It comes across as, as having a conversation like you and I are. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And I, th I think that's fun. Um, you know, I, I, I love that bringing that in. So do you have a favorite time of day to write? I am, I'm much more productive in the morning when it comes to writing. Uh, I find that, at night, I I try to write at night, and it just it doesn't happen normally. I'm I'm tired from from either going into the office or, or working, working, working uh, all day. And at night, I do try to to feel like that time needs to be with my you know family, you know dinner, bath, bed, all that good stuff. Um, and I am most productive in the morning. Uh, and the good thing about working from home, dividing my time between home and the office, is that uh, I can be flexible. And if I have the inspiration, I can take a little bit of time and, and switch my hours around. So, you know, my lunch can be at 930 in the morning if I sure. need it to be. And I can, you know, uh, write when the inspiration inspiration hits. But um, I've, I've consistently been more productive in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to I like to kind of write when right when it hits when it hits me. 
yeah when i was writing every day um that's my morning time was most productive so mm -hmm. i i used to be a night owl back when i was younger and then i just slowly has switched over time to where morning is when i have the energy by the mm -hmm. afternoon i'm kind of tired like no i don't feel creative you know so i get it mm -hmm. um do you listen to music while you write and if so what kinds so yes, yes, I I definitely listen to music. It it really so I I am I'm big into rock. Uh, let me see. For my first book, I really got into country. Uh, for that one, I still I still listen to a lot of country. So for for this one, I have been I well I've really kind of gone back to old school. So um, I've been listening to a lot of. Rush for this one. I've been listening to a lot of. I love Rush. I've been listening yes. to a lot of. Yes, I love <laughs> Rush. Listen, Getty is like one of my flipping heroes. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Black Crows. Um, Mag I love Magpie Salute. Um, what else have I been listening to? We have very similar taste in music. Yay! I'm awesome. a drummer. I started playing drums when I was ten. So the professor mm -hmm. was my first drum teacher. I used to play the Moving Pictures. I would just play the whole album. <laughs> And still a couple of things I can't get 100%, but I had about 95% of the record I, I could play pretty well. Now, that is an accomplishment right there. Well, there's still some things like that intro on YYZ is still a little mm -hmm. tricky, you know, and mm -hmm. but pretty much that. Um, but I got like the fills down. Well, close. There's a big drum break in Tom Sawyer. That's also very tricky. When you watch the video, it's like, oh, that's what he's doing. So I was close. I'm close enough for me you know but mm -hmm. but that mm -hmm. taught me a lot about like those off time signatures and like doing the math like mm -hmm. you're gonna play seven eight and everyone else is doing four four um and eventually you're gonna come back around and every, you know <laughs> so no that's awesome that's great did you did you see the uh the special when getty and alex came back the south park special it was the first time that they so south park did a did like a live concert uh and it was the the 20 or 25 year anniversary of the shows being on and it was the oh. first time that Getty and Alex had played together since since uh, Neela died no it, it I, was, I did not yeah it, it was they played closer to the heart it, oh. I mean I got a little misty because I, I did not think that they were that they were planning on doing anything after after he had died I think they and weren't they they just it, had it shut down. Well, I I well I knew that Alex. So Alex had done some stuff with another band. He, he started another another band. It's kind of weird. I I listened to a couple of their tracks. It's not what you want to hear. Like it's, it's like, mm -hmm. but I, I'm happy mm -hmm. that he's happy. You know, mm -hmm. but no, like you, like uh, we talk about Neil Peart too much more. I'll probably just cry because it's still it's still a loss that I feel <laughs> tangibly. You know, like mm -hmm. after having seen them, and they were my bucket list. Like bucket list mm -hmm. people to meet bucket mm -hmm. list people to bring on the show um mm -hmm. you know if alex lifeson were to come on the show i'd probably just sob you know like a, like yeah, a little right. baby because yeah. their music has just meant so much to me and and peered as a as a poet um as a writer it's like you know it's come on you know um yeah no i i totally get that um we'll talk after the show but we we've We've been doing in heavy metal horror. One of the things we do, we've been doing a, a deep dive into Rush, where we just go album at a time, track at a time, and talking about mm -hmm. all these songs. So I'll send mm -hmm. you links if you're interested. You might enjoy those those episodes. Yes. No, I'd love that. Um, yeah, we're all Rush fans. I mean, all mm -hmm. grew up loving Rush and having seen them. I'm so grateful that I, I got a chance to see them. I think four four times. And uh, yeah, I, Clockwork Angels was such a beautiful swan song. 
you know, way to finish a career. And I, I, I still have a hard time listening to the garden because it'll just make me sob. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that ache of, of time being taken away that, you know, that Neil has writes from time to time um, would write about and uh, that bittersweet. And that solo is just so like, oh, I could just feel the longing and the ache in it, you know, so it's beautiful. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Tell me how you felt seeing your book in print for the first time. It, it was surreal. It was holding it in my hands for the first time. It, it was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that it was something I had done. It, it, I felt more accomplished then than I did when it first came out, you know, when I first saw it live on Amazon, something about feeling it, opening it, the, the tangible proof in my hand. It's just, I mean, I'm, it, I'm sure it was the same way with you. It's, it's just like, it's an indescribable feeling of, of just like the, the accumulation of everything, like the tears and just the, 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 uh, it's I, it's 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 hard to describe because i mean just the 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 agony that you put yourself through and i mean you're putting your piece of yourself out there and i mean truly and, and i just think about everything that i had gone through from start to finish with this book and all and all that i i went through from finding a cover designer to even starting as an author from my website and and coming up with a pen name and branding myself and social media and coming up with a following and and everything and it was just kind of like tangible proof that i not i don't want to say that i was worth something because that's not that's th those are not the right words at all but just that i that you, i could do it you could do it yes, yes. it's not <laughs> just an imagination right Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then you get to ask, you get people asking you, how do you write a book? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> right. like, that is a really quite great question. <laughs> yeah. And I tried to tell someone very trunk in a truncated form. This was at a book show mm -hmm. I was doing and, and I could tell her eyes just kind of glazed over, you know, and I'm like, well, mm -hmm. okay. You really don't want to know that too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, I, I, I understand. I, I my, my joy was tempered with when I started seeing like the, the things that had slipped past through five different readers, like the mm -hmm. mistakes yeah. and typos. And I'm like, <laughs> I just felt so sick to my stomach, like, Oh God. And so I mm -hmm. um, had to go back and like, you know, fixing all of these yep. and, and putting it up in a, you know, bringing a new out, a version out and, and kind of making an excuse like here, here, the English teacher has, his uh, typos and his um, manuscript yeah. <laughs> and uh, just kind of saying like, look, the first 50 books, um, look, you're going to have this and Hey, collector's item for you. Yeah, <laughs> now, exactly. You know, yeah. you had to like go with it. Like, well, you know, but that was my first, but you learn. And now mm -hmm. I'm much better mm -hmm. at when I put a book out, mm -hmm. uh, there's not going to be multiple versions. Like now, unless I have like missed a chapter, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be in a much better shape. I'm a much okay. better proofreader. Yes, my, my 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 first book does didn't have page numbers. <laughs> there you go. All right. See, yeah, we learn. It's like, okay, it's a learning curve, and I'm like, seriously, yeah. if anybody asks, it's I did this. I did this having no experience, not yes. understanding what I was doing. I I was, you know, I had a fantastic team of people that were also not very familiar with this, helping me 
you know, and this was the result. And I am extremely proud of it. And every time I do it again, it's going to get better, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change this because even though there was a mistake, I'm very proud of this. Yeah. It's, it's done. You've made this piece of art, this this living piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I get it because every time then you go back to starting a new story, you have a little bit more confidence like going into it. Like since I had written four books in different genres, Going mm-hmm. back to my fifth one, which is Return to the Cozy Mystery World, um, there was a lot of trepidation back to like, God, it's been like three years since I wrote this story. Am I going to feel the same way? Like, I'm in a different headspace. I'm a different writer. Am I going to be able to, like, get back into these characters, you know? And once I started writing, it took very, very, within 10 minutes, five minutes, I'm like, okay. I, it, it's, I'm just, like, slipping back into a very comfortable like sleep, you know, shirt or something, you know, it, it felt very comfortable <laughs> to me. So it, it kind of alleviated a lot of anxiety that I had like, Oh, but if anything, I felt a little more confident in my writing and my prose, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I had been an academic writer for decades, but never in like short fiction. And I'd written some movie scripts and things like that, but never a novel. And so, mm-hmm. but so no, I, I get it. It's all a process and, and we are proud of everything. We need to celebrate every, every victory we have, whether it has missing page numbers or typos. It's like, exactly. look, I, I still made this, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, have you ever read your own work a year or more after you published it? And if so, what was that experience like? So that, that goes back to what I was saying earlier is I tried and I, and I couldn't. And, 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 and it's just because I'm such a perfectionist, I, I would have to, I would have to go back and change so much now, now coming back, coming back and saying that is the whole reason why I wrote that novella is because, so the, the Southern Charm series, that's a series of three books. And I'm, I'm going to release that as a box set with the bonus novella story of the fourth, the fourth girl. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to have to combine those uh those books into one ginormous pdf with the uh with the novella and release that so i am i am really having a uh, crisis of conscience right now because you're gonna want to re-edit those books yeah (laughs) i don't again i don't think i have the mental capacity to yeah you you have to unless you see something egregious you just yeah yeah yeah, and 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 truly the only thing that i think i'm going to do is um i do want to make it a little schmancy because i i want to make it appealing to um to people who have already read the books i want to give them something a little bit more enticing than just the extra novella i want to uh i am going to work with a a formatter to get the um the the full page pictures you know, um, with them. So I'm hoping that we'll at least be able to get page numbers mm-hmm. on everything since it's going to be all three of them. And then sure. adding that the bonus short story and then, uh, the, the background, the background pictures. Okay. Nice. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. a whole, a whole new re, uh, mm-hmm. reimagining of it. Well, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. That'll be, that'll be great. Now I do have to check the, the page number limitations. Cause I, I think it's going to be too many page numbers to print print through amazon but i might be able to do it through ingram spark i have to go and check those limitations but i need to need to get everything edited or i need to get everything back first and then check the limitations on ingram are you turning it into like one book yes well yeah Mm -hmm. okay that's really just for me i don't think that i'm going to actually release that i just i just want oh i see yeah yeah 
Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna oh, the, uh, the box release the box set as an ebook on Amazon. I don't know if I'm gonna put that on KE or not. I might just do that do that as a set price. I haven't decided. Okay. Cool. So, what is your writer fantasy? Oh, I don't know. Can you elaborate on what you kind of mean by that? Well, you know, I I leave it open ended because everyone has a different view of like what they imagine. Like in your perfect world, when you now now that you know and you identify yourself as a writer, because that's something mm -hmm. we put on. Like, yeah, I'm I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. What do you imagine? Where do you imagine this going? 10, 20 years mm -hmm. from now, what would you have liked to have accomplished in that time? You know, in your perfect dream world, Cat Long, writer, or whatever pseudonym you're doing for your horror, whatever it is happens, mm -hmm. where are you going to be like in 20 years kind of thing? Oh, okay. All like, right, I understand. Yeah, you're, that's, that's what I mean. Like your fantasy as a writer, what would you like to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With me, I would, hmm. I don't because I would like to think that I could do this before like I retire retire from like my real job because I, I would like to make me I would like to be able to have <clears throat> have this what am I trying to say like I want I want to be able to make substantial income from this by the time that I am retired from my like my my real job i hate saying real job yeah right but, but the job like that gets in the way of your writing yes exactly oh that's really good yes <laughs> yes i would i would like to be able to yes to have substantial income from my writing by the time i retire from the job that gets in the way of my writing <laughs> there you go. So I, feel like I should make that as a shirt that's that's yes. that's that's uh, marketable that's going to be my new tagline. Okay, great. I'm getting rid of the swoon-worthy alpha marshmallows. Forget that. Yeah, <laughs> just so yeah, I, just give me credit somewhere. You know, that's fine. <laughs> so I, I feel like that. So so right now, right now, my goal is is two two full books a year, which I've I've been pretty consistent with publishing. You know, and then maybe throw in a novella or an anthology if I if I have time. But I think that that realistically. Uh, you know, still, still working and, and having a, a family and a, you know, a, at least somewhat, somewhat active social life that involves leaving my house. Um, that is, <clears throat> that's a, that's reasonable expectation. So I think yeah. that by, that by the, the time that I, I retire, that I should have a significant enough backlist that writing can be entirely pleasurable and I will have enough of a backlist to, to have substantial income from from that to to have a really really nice retirement nice well I, ho I hope you get that you know yeah that is sometimes uh when i think about it like yeah real life comes in and unfortunately i now i'm i just started two great jobs which is fantastic um you know, I took mm -hmm. a five-year hiatus from teaching and I'm back in the classroom and I'm working as an e-learning developer. So, which is, which is great. I love it. Um, but now between juggling between the two jobs, it's like, okay, now I want to find a, and carve out a place in my very busy day for, for writing again, get back into mm -hmm. just, you know, maybe a couple hours, like from eight to 10 in the morning or something. Give me, mm -hmm. let me have the two hours to write. And that way it just becomes habit, you know, cause I, that's what, what I desperately need. But, um, mm -hmm. No, no, that's that's great. We only have a few more questions for you, Kat. So, what advice would you give for anyone who wants to write? 
consistency. If you want to write, just, just make it a habit, make it a habit. Like you would exercising, like you would eating breakfast because you know that you're supposed to, because it'll, you know, it's the healthiest meal of the day. Uh, just set aside time, you know, like you said, uh, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. If you want to write, don't do it. I mean, you can always edit horrible words, but you can edit words that you don't write, truly. So if you want to, if, if you if you want to do it, you just have to do it. That's great. Yeah, you got to put a <laughs> sentence after sentence, you know. Exactly. As Stephen King says, it's like building the Great Wall of China, you know, and it, it had to start with one brick at a time, you know. <laughs> um, right. So we mentioned earlier your current work in progress. Can you tell me, uh, tell us a little bit about this brand new book that you just just turned, sent it to the editor? Oh yes. Well, uh, so so frost my cupcake. So that is so the yeah. great title. It's a great title, right? So the the Southern Charm series. So that is uh, three books, but it is a group of four girls. So the fourth, the fourth girl, Olivia, she was already married when the series started. So I felt like she needed her own, her own book, but she's only getting a novella because she was already married. So she doesn't need her happily ever after. So she already has one. Uh, but she's so married she, right now. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. That was just too easy. <laughs> yes. So she is the, she's the owner of a bakery. So uh, oh, nice. I, I just, yes, exactly. So I just, I loved the title for yeah. my cupcake. Right, and, right. and really, this is just a, uh, this is just a fun little story about the two of them uh, about to go on their baby moon. It's just fluffy and smutty and just really, really cute. It's, it's a good, it's a, it's a good story. I, I like it a lot. And uh, so actually the second book in the Southern Charm series um, has, Mark Hansen, and he is a police officer, and he has three older brothers. And the three older brothers, that is a spinoff series that I am working on now that Frost Your Cupcake is off to the editor. So the first book in that series is called Crush, and that's the one that I'm going to be diving into now that Frost My Cupcake is, nice. is out of my hands. So those are my those are my two current work in progresses. Uh, I like that. I like that. Um, okay, I'd never heard the term baby moon before. Uh, can you can you tell us or tell me what I'm guessing? It's um, something you do after you have a baby. Uh, you go out and once. I mean, as I've never heard of the term. Oh, sorry. So so a a baby moon is a honeymoon that you take before you have a baby. So she's oh. Oh, I yes. see. Okay. Yes, All right. Yeah, because so, so, once you have the kid, it's like, oh, that's it. The next 20 years of our life, that's it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so the, oh. She's pregnant. Yeah, so she's pregnant oh, okay. right now. And to give to give a little bit of the story away, she's she's at the stage in her pregnancy where she's horny all the time. Okay. Frost my cupcake. So they're taking they're taking their their baby moon. They're get, they're getting in the husband and wife time before the before the baby comes. Okay. So yeah. So they're taking their their baby well, moon. Well, I learned something new today, Kat. I'd never heard that term before. So now. I understand. Thank you for <laughs> helping with that. And you've already mentioned this before, but this is the last question I like to ask is where can we find your books? So all of my books are available on Amazon. So they are in KU, which is Kindle Unlimited. So if you have your Kindle Unlimited 
uh, subscription, you can read them for free. Uh, if you do not have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, the first one, Had to Make You Mine, is $3.99. The other two are $4.99. I also have two little novellas that are there as well. And then I am going to be releasing the box set uh, of all three of them with the bonus novella, Frost Your Cupcake, hopefully within the next month or so. We'll see how quickly I can uh, get the editing back and, and let go of my perfectionist or perfectionalism. Let's pretend like I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> get that published. And then uh, you can look for the the first book in the, um, the Guy series, which I believe I'm going to call the Southern Sparks series. That's debatable uh, next year. But yes, all of them are on all of them are on Amazon. And then uh, I'm on social media, too. I'm even slowly wading through the big bad waters of TikTok. Hashtag book talk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Book talk. Yes. Um, awesome. Well, that's great. Um, mm -hmm. I'll find you on Facebook as well, because uh, we know each other through Instagram. So, <laughs> um, well, fantastic. Kat, I want to thank you for being on Between the Lines today. It has been a pleasure to get to know you and learn about you as a writer and as a person. Uh, so I just appreciate that you spent some time with me today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I really, really enjoyed it this morning. Good, good. I'm glad. Well, I'm going to do my commercial and then we'll get out of here. Sounds good. Uh, you've been watching and listening to Between the Lines. You can find us at unsaneradio.com. Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can watch us on our YouTube page, Between the Lines Podcast. If you're watching, that's where you're at. Don't forget to hit the like and the subscribe button. And you can also find us on Hotel Talk on Roku. If you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. And if you're a writer and would like to join me for a chat, email me at Between the Lines 54 at at yahoo.com that's between the lines 54 at yahoo.com and cat here's my cheesy outro see you next time between the lines <laughs>